everyone, and welcome to LJN Radio. I'm your host, Courtney Omernick, and you're listening to I Want to Be A. Where in each episode, we complete that sentence with a different job, bringing in professionals from a variety of fields and industries to give you the information you need to hopefully land a job and thrive in them. Today, I want to be a yoga instructor, and to help me figure out what it takes to succeed as a yoga instructor, we have Leah Butler, a yoga instructor from the Yoga House in Kingston, New York. So welcome, Leah, and thank you very much for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me. All right. First off, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I um, I co-own a yoga studio in Kingston, New York, where we teach many different varieties of yoga. Great. So what really attracted you to yoga? You know, the first person who introduced me to yoga was my dad, mm-hmm. um, and it was because he was taking a yoga class at, like, an athletic club in New York City, mm-hmm. and he would come home when I was about 14 years old, and he would just show me moves here and there, and it wasn't until I was about 17 uh, that I took a full-fledged yoga class in college, and to be honest with you, didn't like it all that much <laughs> at first, and I think it was because it was it was frustrating not to be able to do the poses that this woman was asking me to do. Mm-hmm. But just over time, I kept coming back to it, coming back to it, and it became a bigger and bigger part of my life. Great. So for some people who might not know, what is yoga exactly, or how would you define it? So yoga, as we have come to know it in the West, you know, ends up being mostly a physical exercise, um, and often the classes will be balanced with some meditation, eating exercises, and depending on your teacher, like spiritual teachings. But yoga really, as a tradition, is far more vast. It's about 5,000 years old. It's considered a discipline of which asana, the yoga practice that of exercise, is really only one-eighth. And the rest of it is is really a path to enlightenment, as they say. Mm -hmm. And yoga means actually to yoke, um, which is another way of saying to unite. And it's considered that you unite with the self or the universal consciousness. In other words, you become one with God. You do enough yoga. So when did you know that you wanted to be an instructor? Was there sort of a light bulb moment, as they might say? Kind of, yeah. In, in, in my first class, uh, when I was 17, mm-hmm. even then, even though, even though I was kind of resistant to some of it, I felt like, hmm, I could see myself doing this. Um, And it was just kind of a light bulb that was in the back of my mind over a long period of time. It probably took me 10, 15 years before I actually dove into it. So how did you really get into like this field and really dive into it and take maybe like a class or a certification type of thing? You know, I was studying actually to be a literature professor. That was Hmm. really my goal. Um, And I went as far as getting my master's, and I was teaching full-time at different colleges in my area, and was doing yoga here and there, and as the years went on, I just did more and more and more of it until it became a really big part of my life. Uh, And it wasn't until I came upon a particular studio and a particular style of yoga and a teacher that I really, really connected with Mm -hmm. that made me want to take the training. And they were offering a teacher training, and it happened to be a pretty affordable one, and so I dove in. So speaking of, like, the teacher training, are there any different certifications that are required? And if there are, like, why is it is it important to take lessons from a certified instructor, that type of thing? Yeah. The widely accepted standard for the certification is this 200-hour certification mm-hmm. that a lot of studios offer. 
and it's regulated by um, an accrediting body called Yoga Alliance. Um, it's definitely important, I think, to take a, a class from a certified teacher. You know, it's certainly possible to have a teacher who's fantastic, who has many, many years of experience, who never went through a certification. And in fact, uh, at least in New York, the certification isn't legally required. But when you go through a 200-hour program, you are getting anatomy, you're getting history, philosophy, some teaching methods, and things like that. So I think it's really it's good to prepare. It prepares people well. Mm-hmm. So since there are some different types of yoga, are there any different training requirements for each type? Or is that like 200 hours kind of set for each like level or type? The 200 hours is the is the standard, really. And, mm-hmm. and you're right that there are many, many different styles of yoga, and at least 10 off the top of my head. Uh, and I suppose that it's really just the content that changes. Um, there are also, by the way, a 500-hour and 1,000-hour teaching uh, training program. Um, but you can, you can pretty much get, get employed in, in most places with 200 hours, and often it will come down to your experience and your connection to the studio. Okay, so are there any places that you can go to receive your certification? I know you said a little bit about um, just a typical yoga studios you can go to. Is there any like online resources that people can go to try and find places where they can receive their certification? Definitely. If you go to Yoga Alliance's website, I think it must be yogaalliance.com, they list all of the registered schools and registered teachers. Okay. But it's worth knowing, too, that there are plenty of good teachers out there who don't happen to pay the registration fees to Yoga Alliance. So it would be worth looking for studios in your area that offer the 200-hour training. Mm-hmm. And also, if you're interested in doing something abroad, they I know they do training intensives in Costa Rica and in India. Another another path, I suppose, for some people is that they'll they'll pick a yogi that they've heard of, mm-hmm. say a yogi who is internationally known, and they'll go fly out to wherever that person is wow. if they have the resources to do it. Yeah. yeah. So, how long does this process typically take? I know we mentioned the two hundred hours is the minimum, but does that can you break it up into like maybe different weekends doing the hours? How long does it really take for the average person to get those two hundred hours in? Most programs will offer it in one of two ways. They'll do either a six-month, so extend, they'll extend it, uh, in which case you'd probably need about once a week, and then it's expected that you'd be practicing yoga and maybe keeping a yoga journal in between. So my program, uh, when I took it, went from November to April. Okay. But other other places will, will offer the intensives. So you could go spend the night somewhere or camp out or whatever it is for 30 days and do yoga pretty much all day. So how much does this typically cost to get like your certification? It's at least, I think, $2,000. Uh, 2500 might be a cheap price, too. I've seen it for as extensive as 8000 So hovering in at around three to 5000 is probably a, what you'd expect to pay. Okay. Well, do you think it's beneficial for those who want to become instructors to have taken yoga for maybe several years before beginning the process of becoming an instructor? Or is there like a set number of years that you would recommend practicing before you really become serious and searching for that certification? Yeah, good question. I think it's so important for somebody to have done at least a couple of years of yoga. Most of the teacher training programs out there will require that you have at least six months of a regular practice um, or six months of, uh, of consistent experience with yoga before you try a teacher training program. 
Um, it would be possible to, to just jump into it, say only having a couple months worth of experience. But I think it takes that time, a couple of years, to cultivate just your your own personal yoga practice, even a voice as a yoga instructor, and maybe even to kind of hear the calling to it, as it were. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned earlier that you went to college, not necessarily for fitness, but you pursued a different degree. But I know that there are some colleges or most colleges that have that fitness major and that they can do yoga classes and learn how to become instructors through their colleges. So do you think that it's maybe beneficial for someone to study like doing fitness or practice at the college level and get their degree? Or is it more beneficial to Mm -hmm. kind of just go ahead, practice and then get the certification? I think that there are as many paths to yoga teaching as there are people who end up teaching it. I know one of the teachers that I respect very much had studied um, acupuncture. And in becoming an acupuncturist, she ended up learning a lot about anatomy and uh, Eastern medicine. And it's a very natural crossover for her. But then there are people like me who studied literature (laughs) and became a yoga teacher anyway. So there's no doubt in my mind that if, if you were to major in something like a sports medicine or whatever it is that helps you understand, have a baseline understanding of anatomy, it would definitely be helpful. But so would studying business. That would be helpful. Uh, really, any, any angle I think could, could work. You mentioned studying business. Now, why would you say studying business? You know, a lot of people end up teaching yoga because they love it. Mm-hmm usually not something you do because you're going to make a lot of money out of it. And I think it's wise to accept the fact that it is very difficult to make good money by being a yoga instructor. And a lot of teachers come at it with almost a sense of naivety, I think. Mm. If you can accept that, you know, as a yoga teacher, you're going to have to market yourself. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to be fluent in social media. It would help to have say, a newsletter to keep your community, your student body consistently informed and reminded of your presence, all of those things end up being really important to sustaining, you know, mm-hmm. regulars, really. Do you think there are any, like, extracurricular, we'll call them extracurricular activities that can help people become a yoga instructor? I know, like, if they're going to school, maybe taking those yoga classes that are offered in college outside of that, or if they're not just going to regular yoga classes, but you would you recommend going on, like, a yoga retreat or different types of things, opportunities like that, just to kind of mm-hmm. get a more balanced? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Something that comes to mind for, for extracurriculars is maybe maybe the more obvious, like I know teachers who have a dance background or a gymnastics background, and it ends up being pretty easy crossover to yoga. But even say, let's say you had a, an interest in studying Latin or even better studying Sanskrit, something like that, that could help you, that could inform your yoga. Say you tutor on the side or something like that. All of that teaching experience can translate into the yoga classroom really well. So I'd encourage someone just to follow what is in their heart. And if they do become a yoga instructor, they'll find a way to bring that into the classroom and become a kind of fully fleshed out teacher. Many layers, many things to offer. 
Great. So could you take us through the process now of like applying for jobs as a yoga instructor and kind of what yoga instructors need to know when they're going in for like a job interview or trying to kind of make it on their own and sell their services to other people? Yeah, I suggest taking a class at a studio first before you even really consider teaching there because you want to be sure that you connect the space with the other teachers there, with the style of yoga that's being taught, even with the the student body a bit. Taking a class is also a great way to interact with the teacher or the studio owner, and it's it ends up being a pretty organic way to introduce yourself to the community. I'll tell you, as the studio owner, we get resumes in the mail all the time, mm-hmm. and it's sad but true that the resumes get stuffed into our like junk mail drawer. <laughs> Um, and it's just, for one reason or another, maybe the timing isn't quite right, or you know, it's, it's hard to get a read um, on a person based on just simply your resume. So I'd strongly recommend an in-person visit and take a look you know, on, on job posting sites and things like that so that you can pop in at, at the right time. And when it comes to the interview, mm-hmm. if you've made it that far, I think it's really important to be well prepared Mm-hmm. Maybe that's obvious, but also confident. Um, a lot of the teachers who we interview people all the time, even just to sub for our classes, and a lot of them are very nervous, which we completely understand and, and we're forgiving about. But we like to say, fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. Because if you stand there with a pretty confident presence, it, it puts everyone else at ease, I think. So with the job interview, how does that process typically work for yoga instructors? Like, are there any standard, like, questions or things that you'd like to talk about to get to know the candidate? Uh, yeah, a little bit. We, we'll invite someone in, we'll put on a pot of tea, and we'll sit down on a on a blanket in the yoga studio, and we'll just, you know, have a little heart-to-heart at first, ask them how they came to yoga and what they feel their teaching style is like, maybe what their challenges are. And then we'll ask them to give us, say, a 20, 30-minute sample class. And we always let them know that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We won't pop that <laughs> on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we hope that the teacher has arrived with say, a choice of music is helpful. It's pretty obvious when someone has done some preparation and when they haven't. Mm-hmm. We like to ask them if they have any experience with hands-on adjustments um, because some of the teachers, they'll stand at the front of the room and teach, but they won't walk around and kind of help the students get into the poses. Mm-hmm. And so we find that it just ends up being another layer, layer of knowledge that we think is pretty important. And it reveals a lot about the training that they've had. Great. So now could you kind of walk us through your typical day as an instructor? So yesterday, I had just the best day of being a yoga instructor. I woke up I biked to my studio. It's about a five-minute bike ride. I taught a private lesson from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock. Then I came home. I did my own yoga practice. I went back to the studio at 12 o'clock and taught another private. Came back home, ate a meal, went back to the studio at night about 6.15, taught an advanced level class, came home, made another meal, did some hula hooping, and went to bed. (laughs) So would you say that this is pretty standard for yoga instructors or are there any like differences between your role and maybe what other yoga instructors experience as their typical day? I suspect that I'm very lucky. (laughs) 
because I live so close to my studio, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first began teaching, I was driving all over the place. I was driving over three counties to to teach at various studios. So it would definitely not be uncommon for someone to have to be doing a lot of travel. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, I think I'm pretty lucky in that I have spend enough time doing this that I have acquired some private lessons, uh, which, to be honest, are more lucrative than the regular teaching classes. Mm-hmm. So there, there, that's a difference that comes to mind. On an average, like how many classes do you think that like yoga instructors should, it's like an average that they go through mm-hmm. per day, I'd say, I guess. Per day, you know, it depends on, on the teacher, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think that teaching anything over three classes would be awfully tiring. Mm-hmm. I think you get you get spent, especially if you have your own practice, because it's not really enough. You know, some teachers talk about, oh, well, I don't really practice yoga very much because I'm teaching it so much. And that's not really the best way, I think, to fuel your own your own yoga so three classes on top of your own practice is plenty. So you also mentioned that you kind of had a class maybe in the beginning of the day, the middle of the day, and at the end of the day. Is this typical or like what types of hours do instructors typically like give lessons or work? Uh, it's pretty common to teach a morning class. Most of my classes don't begin until about 930. Uh, we used to run a couple of morning express classes, so seven to eight in the morning, trying to get people before they commute to work. Mm-hmm. That's pretty common. Definitely common to teach at night, uh, 5.30 and after. And that's because, of course, you're getting folks who've come home from work. A little less common, but it happens, especially in cities, is to teach, say, a lunchtime class, maybe an hour-long, 12 to 1 o'clock class or something. And teachers should definitely be prepared, I'd say, to teach Saturdays and Sundays. Mm-hmm. Or at least one of the two. Mm-hmm. So speaking of the classes, how do you handle the different personalities of people who take your classes? That is probably the easiest thing in the world as a yoga instructor because you are gifted with the fact that people are coming to you and it is likely the best part of their day, or the best part of their week. So no matter how stressed they are, no matter what they have going on in their own lives, by the time they arrive at your studio, uh, they're, they're their stresses are shedding by the second, mm-hmm. you know. So people are people are happy to see you, and it's really pretty easy to give them a smile back. Well, what about the different skill levels of the people who attend your classes? How do you kind of handle that or judge that? Yeah, yeah, that is probably one of the toughest things about <laughs> being a yoga instructor. Uh-huh. And, and I think it takes a lot of time to be able to first identify the different needs in the class, and then also to be able to teach to varying levels because you it's definitely not uncommon to enter a classroom where you've got three advanced yogi veterans and a couple of people who are there for maybe the first time and you don't want to lose anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you want to spend enough time on the beginners and offering them modifications and things like that, paying enough attention to them, but you still want to be able to offer a challenge, really, for for the people who've been going for a long time. So I think it just it's one of those things that comes with experience and close observations, the willingness to really almost put yourself in the shoes of your students and care enough to do your best to make modifications and suggest alternative postures for everyone. 
actually sometimes I'll start class just by saying, hey, welcome, you know, just wanted to let you know today we're at, there are many varying levels and this is your yoga practice. I'm here as just a guide. If I'm asking you to do something that's difficult or that is painful, definitely feel free to lay off. Conversely, if I'm asking you to do something and you know that you can take it to the next level, by all means, take it to the next level. So sometimes just that initial introduction can help. Do you also offer like the different skill set classes? Like, is there a beginner, advanced, like that sort of thing? Like, do you offer that and you think like maybe that helps field or like gauge where people are? Yeah, definitely. We offer beginner classes. Mm -hmm. The bulk of our classes are called house flow, which is really just a way of saying open level. So anybody is welcome. Some experience is recommended, but those are definitely the classes where you'll get a whole range of uh, practice levels. We also have advanced classes and specialized classes. We even have a chair yoga class. That's for people with really limited movement or older folks who are a little intimidated to come to even a beginner-level class. So we break out the chair and we sit on it and stretch our limbs and get a good workout anyway. So would you say, just out of curiosity, that like for the beginner level, you would maybe have um, an instructor who doesn't have as much experience teach the beginner level? Or how do you kind of select who teaches what class? You know, actually, I think it takes a lot to teach a beginner level class. I think sometimes the more experienced an instructor you are, the better you'd be at teaching beginners. Mm-hmm. And it's because you have the experience to be able to offer modifications, to be able to use props. You, you develop maybe a patience as a yoga instructor, I think, mm-hmm. and a willingness, again, to see where, where people really are at and what their needs are. There is a special class that beginning teachers teach. If, if you're new to the, the field and you've just, say, gotten your certification, you'd want to look out for studios that offer what's called a community class. Mm-hmm. And the community class is usually a class that is taught by a newer teacher who's just trying to gain experience, and it'll often be by donation. So, for instance, we run one on Sunday nights. It's a $5 class, and all the proceeds go to a local charity. And um, it's a newer instructor, and it's a class that is supposed to be accessible for anyone who comes and wants to try yoga. So it is beginner-friendly and uh, open to all levels. Great. So shifting into our last few questions, um, I have to ask because our listeners are going to be high school and like college students. Could you give us a ballpark of the compensation for a yoga instructor? Ooh, yeah. It's so tough to say because mm-hmm. it really, really depends on the studio and you know if you're in an urban area or rural area. Mm-hmm. Typical compensation, I would look for at least, at least $20, $30 per class. Mm-hmm. If you're in a bigger city, you can get upwards of $50 per class. Another way, though, and there are a couple of other pay structures that I've seen that work, you could do a 50-50 split with your studio. So let's say you get 10 people who come in. On average, they're paying 10 or 15. We'll just say $10 for easy math per class. Then the studio gets 50 and you take home 50. That's one way. Uh, another way is to look for places that will allow you to rent the space. And that can work out to your advantage if you're willing to do a lot of your own promotion. If you're a pretty popular teacher and it's a big enough space, you can find a place that will rent to you for an hour and a half for, say, 30 bucks. So you pay the studio 30 bucks, and then whatever you charge 
the students after that is yours to take home. Hmm. And I've seen classes with as many as, say, 25, 30 people in them. So you could make quite a handsome fee if you're willing to, to do the research and find an opportunity like that. Great. So we're coming up on our final question to end the program. If you were in the shoes of the yoga instructor who is job seeking, do you have any last minute pieces of advice that you would give them? Yeah, do it. Do it for joy. Really do it for joy. (laughs) Um, Yoga is a fantastic part time job for Mm -hmm. so many people. And it would be a little bit unrealistic to expect to just be able to jump in, I think, and make it a full-time gig. Mm -hmm. So if you can begin as a willing dabbler Mm -hmm. and know that it will take years to cultivate it um, until it becomes a full-time thing, then uh, I think that would be wise. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of I Want to Be a. Many thanks to Leah Butler from the Yoga House for joining us today. I would like to take this final moment to encourage our listeners to continue listening to localjobnetwork.com radio. If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions, please email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Once again, this has been Courtney Amonick for localjobnetwork.com radio, and thank you for tuning into today's program. 